Ripfest Radio on RipfestRadio.com. We're not number one. God is. We may not be the best, but our purpose is to lead you to the best. Jesus Christ. www.RipfestRadio.com. Old school to new school. Classics to exclusives. Gospel, hip-hop, music, and videos. Live video interviews Monday nights at 8 p.m. Monday nights at 8 p.m. Watch, watch, learn, learn, love, love, support, support. Rapfest Radio on RapfestRadio.com. RapfestRadio.com.
right, welcome to Rapfest Radio, rapfestradio.com. That was Young Chosen on the video there. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, welcome, welcome to Rapfest Radio. We are excited. We have a packed show tonight. Yeah. We have with us Debbie Gonzalez in the house. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Uh, yes, yeah, she's the one that was carrying the sword Ford. and the shield and stuff on the promo picture. Armor. And in a little <laughs> while, we're going to have... Reverend Dr. Michael Carrion, Mike Carrion, in the building with us. So we're excited from Promised Land Church. He'll be here with us. Yes. Um, again, what, what, how are we doing this today? You want to do let's announcements? Go, you want to go let's in? Go, let's, go let's just go in. Let's go in. Well, I, I had the pleasure of meeting Debbie at an event in, was that Yorktown? Where were we? Yeah, Yorktown. We were in Yorktown. 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 Right. Sanctuary Fellowship Worship Team went out there to minister, and Debbie was singing. And it kind of caught my attention because... You know, she was like singing like a rapper almost, but she was singing. She wasn't rapping, but she had this little rap-like swag to her to her style. So I, I thought it was kind of interesting. But before we do any talking, let's you know let you introduce yourself formally to you know officially to people. Debbie Gonzalez, Christian music singer songwriter, um, originally from the Bronx. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. That was the connection. That's what I knew. it was. That's what it was. Yeah, can't deny where I come from. You know, I'm like Jesus. You know, so, um, but been been doing music since I was like four. You know, uh, grew up in the church and stuff. And as a teenager, I rebelled, went through my stuff, and you know. But the you know, I I I had um, had worked with EMI and um, Universal, Sony BMG, and you know. And I was I was doing my thing, but in the world. And God said, "It's my gift that I gave to you, mm. for you to use for me." And there's a whole big testimony behind that. And you know, and uh, but you had a condensed version for us. Yeah, the condensed version <laughs> was I, God snatched me out of the pit of hell, mm. and said, "You're coming and you're working for me. Nice. And you're gonna come to build the kingdom. Nice. And and." Um, and what I did was for you know I, I I gave my I dedicated I rededicated my life to the Lord 13 years ago, and it was a rocky road at first because I, I had a lot of challenges because you know there's a, as as you know being as Christ-like as possible there's a lot of things that you have to give up, and right. one of the things I had to give up was my love for self and my own music, huh. and and um, so I sat for a long time. And when the Lord started calling me to do music for Him, I said, I'm, I, I had never written a Christian song in my life. I'm like, what am I going to write about? You know, I'm, I'm not even worthy to write for you. My, my, my conviction was so strong that for eight years, I wouldn't even do karaoke because I, I, I just felt like my voice did not belong to anyone but Him. Right. And, and when I started writing, but I got to tell you, it just, once I got the final confirmation that this was, and believe me, it was like, like a huge confirmation. Right, it wasn't right, like right. a, well, maybe. No, <laughs> it was like, Debbie, it's time. The time is now. Right, right. And it's almost like I heard his voice audibly. And I said, okay, Lord, I got you. All right, but what am I going to write about? So I, I started fasting and praying and really putting the project into his hands. Nice. And um, once I put it in his hands and didn't worry about where I wanted to go with it, God took off with it. That's, that's awesome. I mean, when, when God calls you, there's no denying. You could run as long as you want, but 
how to say you can run but you can't hide. Mm-hmm. You know, the calling is there. It's it's going to happen. One thing I do want to say, you mentioned that when you gave your life to the Lord, you had to. There were a lot of things you had to give up, like when you lived for Christ. I like to look at it differently. I like to say when you give your life to Christ, you're exposed to a whole new lifestyle that all those things you had before you no longer need. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much that you're just giving it up because a lot of times people say, I don't want to go to college. I got to give this up, give that up, give that. No, what happens is you get so attached to Christ, your lifestyle changes so drastically. Your 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 focus, your vision, your your priorities change so drastically those other things don't even matter anymore well what my sense is saying you had I had to give something up was myself mm. I had to give up what I wanted to do right. and give up my selfishness nice. and give and give myself to the Lord completely because and and you know what looking back at it I don't even know what I was holding on to <laughs> I don't even know you know God just took the talent the, the talents that I thought were mine and Expounded upon them more than I could ever imagine because I never thought I could I never thought I, I knew I had a voice I knew I could sit there And sing any song you gave me Sandy Patty Amy Grant Anybody <laughs> anybody you wanted to do, to give me, you know, I could I could replicate her voice But I didn't have my own mm. and that's what the Lord gave me. He gave me a voice right. He gave me my voice the voice. He gave me the gift. He gave right. me <laughs> And, and now I can confidently sit there and say, Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm already working on my next project. Uh, awesome. Yeah. You know, we love, we love to encourage other artists and also pour into them some wisdom from experiences. And you mentioned that you worked with Sony, EMI, and those other things. So what's the comparison that you can show us from how things worked back there in the secular realm? Like, mm. how deeply involved? Were you signed as an artist or did you just work in the companies? And, you know, how would you compare that to what you're doing now? Well, it's interesting that you ask that because I had a contract on the table with Sony BMG. Mm. And I was part of a 15-piece all-female Latin jazz band that was prevalent here in, 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 the, New, in the New York City area. And Sony, Sony BMG came to my manager and said, hey, you know, we want, we want to sign you guys. We want to give you a two-year tour for, um, you know, all the, like Miami and around the United right. States. They wanted to do this two-year two year tour. And I was like, you know, when my, my, when my manager came to me and said, hey, you know, this is what they want. I was like, really? Oh, my God. You know, I was so excited. And, um, and then something happened. And what happened was I got, like, the rarest disease you can probably, one in two billion people get. And it's it was like this this uh, it's this virus that attacked the rhetorical nerve in my inner ear. I was losing my equilibrium. I was like stumped. I was just like, wow. and then I was in the hospital for two weeks. And in those two weeks, God ministered to me for two weeks straight. And when I saw what the industry in the secular realm was, hmm. I was like, they're gonna chew me up and spit me out because the only thing my manager cared about was whether or not I was going to be able to sing and and fulfill that contract. Mm. I was just a number to him. And then I transferred I the care of me and my life and my and my career in music to the best manager in the world. Mm. And that's the Lord. Now the Lord manages my career. <clears throat> now he's the one that's setting me out and apart from the rest. Mm. And you know the secular realm where you're just like a number and an image to God, I was priceless and precious. You know, and that's the difference. 
you're not gonna just be something. You're someone to him. He wonderfully and fearfully created us, right? He wove us to be something. He took us into his secret place to design us. Right. He's not gonna want us to be trampled upon. So in those two weeks that I was hospitalized, and it turned out to be that um, I had to, they had to be, uh, I had to go to therapy, and um, I, I had, they found some tumors at the nape of my neck that were pushing into some nerves, wow. and, um, but praise God, it was all gone, and that was His grace on my life, right? right? Because right. it was His call, it was right. His, it was the wake-up call that I needed, right, right. and um, after that, I said, I'm, Lord, you know what? What do I do now? You know, now I've made the choice to, to give this up, but what do I do? And, but while I was in that room, I still was like, maybe I could do my music and maybe I can do this. And I was trying to drown out what the Lord was doing to me. And right in the middle of like, like two days into my stay, my TV broke. So I didn't even have TV. I was like, I have nothing. So God was like, you have to listen to me. <laughs> well, because you know what? In Timothy 2.13, what does it say? He says, even though we're faithless, he's faithful. Amen. Amen. Because why? He can't deny himself and who he is, right? So that's where God was like, it don't matter that I said that you're running. I promised you that I would never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. So I'm here whether or not you like it. Amen. And God spoke to me in that room with my broken TV. <laughs> And I recognized who would really love me. Amen. And that was when I said, okay, Lord, you got me. I'm here. <laughs> and it's been a long road since then, but I'm here. That just brings to mind, um, like sometimes when we're in the storm, we curse the storm. But sometimes in the storm, it's God's way of getting our attention because that's the only way we can, he can get our attention. Yep. And, you know, if it wasn't for that incident in your life, you probably wouldn't have been able to get your attention. Which is why I said it was his grace. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's his grace and his mercy and his love. He's like, sweetie, I wouldn't want to do this to you, but you're giving me no choice. It's the only way you listen. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, like with your kids. You're like, it's the only way you listen. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not into abuse. I'm not into yeah, oh, <laughs> We'll talk about that off camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tweet you about it. Uh, what I want to do is I want to get into one of the songs that you sent us. It's called Fear Not. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it, then we'll play it and we'll come back and talk some more. It's a funny story about Fear Not, because Fear Not was the song, the first song I wrote ever for the Lord. Wow. And, of course, it's a testimony to what I was feeling, fearing to write something that wasn't going to honor him or or that he wasn't going to be pleased with so i wrote fear not out of my own fear mm. we, you know what i mean it was what brought it out and it was the song that i submitted to the record label that they called me and said hey we want to sign you marketing and distribution and you know when can we send you the contract so it was my first it was my first song, my first everything, and, and um, I just thank the Lord every day that He even gave me the opportunity, because I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not worthy. He makes me worthy. And, you know, He doesn't call the equipped, but He equipped the called, you know? Because mm -hmm. I didn't feel equipped, that, you know, I didn't feel equipped, but he, he, he equipped me. So that's the story behind it. Amen. So check it out here, Rapfest Radio, rapfestradio.com. This is Debbie Gonzalez with Fear Not. We'll be back with more. Check it out.
just talk about uh was the transition from the secular industry into the christian market and um just some of the things that the challenges that you may have had just <coughs> after you accepted you know that god is your manager this is where the route you're going though i'm sure that it wasn't easy transitioning from 
the resources you had, the you know access you had to certain things, and coming into the Christian market. How did that transition for you? What did you see change? I think the I think the hardest thing was um, the temptation of wanting to go back because I knew that there was a two-year contract on the table, and I literally walked away from my group and never ever looked back like never emailed them they would email they would flood me with emails and they would and you know what came out later was that the only reason they got the contract was because I was the lead singer Sony wanted my voice and when they didn't have me Sony dropped dropped them altogether which they were devaluing me so what did I lose I lost that sense of self-worth that they were devaluing me at I really didn't, I really lost the headache, I, I lost all the headaches and the pressure of wanting to look a certain way to fit a certain mold for the world. You know, because if you're not, you know, what do you, you know, what do you see on TV today? It's all about appearances, it's about, we got girls that are throwing up and wanting to be bulimic and wanting to fit a certain mold of a girl that they may not fit, but they're making themselves sick to do it. So yeah. did I lose, did I, what did I lose? I lost the headaches. I lost the anxiety, you know, but I gained a whole bunch of other things. Now, how, now working in with those labels and stuff, you have a team, you know, there's a mm -hmm. whole company behind you. How did working with, you know, did you come into a group of people that you were able to connect with and be able to support you right away? Or how long did that take where you were able to get some people that were in the Christian music and it's just like, hey, you know, come along us and we'll work. Did you get that any support? From day one. From day one, I got the support I needed from the label. Um, they're actually, they're, their setup was actually better than the one I worked at, I worked with when I was in the secular world. I mean, this, they were very professional. They came, I came in. I told them, like I, like you know what I was telling you before. There was a, we couldn't find the tracks to a certain song, and you know in order for them to mix and everything, they need the tracks. So they, I told them, I said I can't find the tracks, and they, I sent it to them, and they were like, oh, we can recreate it for you. And I was thinking, yeah, okay, they're gonna recreate that because my sound is kind of like edgy. And when they sent me the final track back, I was like, wow, this sounds, you know, even my husband was saying, he's like, it sounded. You know, once the, the sound was done and they mixed everything and they sent us the finals of everything, everything just sounded more clear and wow. crisp and they really did a good job. So, you know, anything that you get in the secular in terms of support and music and style, you're going to get it in the Christian because music is music. You know, music is music. So, music came from God. So, it's, it was all, it was what I, what I gained in my team as a Christian artist is more than what I had as a secular artist. Because I had, not only did I have the support in the technological areas, but I also had the support, support spiritually yeah. and morally. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're at an age now where, you know, technology has gone to a certain level. And there's Christians in every, every marketplace business that's out there. Everything from the grocer all the way to the doctor to the surgeon to the astronaut. There's Christians everywhere. You know, so it's good that you mentioned you don't really lose anything by doing this for God. As, mm -mm. as a matter of fact, you gain you gain mm -hmm. eternal life through mm -hmm. it. Yeah. You know, which is the 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 biggest thing that you yeah. can't get anywhere else. And yeah, you get rid of a lot of the headaches. Mm -hmm. Is it easy? No, but it's not easy in the secular world. Either. No, it's not. It's harder. In this. It's 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 hard. It's a you know what? Anything that you do, if you put your hand on the plow, it's gonna be work. Where whatever it is that you do. 
So just don't take your hands off the plow. You know what I mean? Right. Keep working that field. Keep working it because it, you know, it befuddles me how people think, well, you know, I'll do Christian as a, as a second choice. I'll, I'll be a Christian artist, and I've seen it. And it's like, how can you do that? That should be your first. That should be your first goal. You, you know what Jesus said? He, in the Word of God, it says, "I want you hot or cold." Right. Cause if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out. Or you do like those Christian rappers, like, yeah, you know, I do Christian. I was in secular before, but I do Christian now. You know, I get a lot more shows and stuff. Yeah, cause the secular didn't watch. You. Yeah. <laughs> they won't tell you that, but it's because they couldn't get signed. They were. Yeah. They were a little too edgy for the church, but not edgy enough for the world. You mm -hmm. know. They're, we'll talk about that another day. Yeah. <laughs> what What would you say to a lot of young female artists or even current female artists that are out there, as far as like some advice? Uh, whether they're, you know, being pulled from people that are saying, hey, we like you, we may, you know, maybe, you know, local guys want to sign them up for something and it's a secular thing, or just in general, like you were talking about before, about the image that mm -hmm. portrayed, how would you give some advice to some young Christian girls that are looking to sing? Well, it's funny, because I had a friend of mine that um, her daughter, you know, um, she's, in, she's in Miami, her daughter, and I, she's a, she was a work friend of mine, somebody that I met in do business and she said she she told my mom she's like oh look at her she's like who is that and her mom was like oh that's one of my friends and she was like she was like wow she has a pretty voice and she was talking about my image and stuff and you know she liked my image and her mom turns around she goes she's a Christian artist and the daughter was like what because they don't think that that's what a Christian artist is supposed to look like but no one says that you can't have style and no one says that you can't look a certain way and that you can't look good and fun and, and have fun with your image. That's the world. The world is lying to you. The enemy is lying to you. And he's putting that in your head. He thinks that because you're not, because you're not exposing yourself and you're, and you're not sitting there exploiting what you have, that you're not worthy of anything. And that, that can't be furthest from the truth. That, I mean, that, girls nowadays are so caught up on what their image is like that they, they're not concentrating on what's real in them, and that's their talents and their gifts and the things that, that, that God has allotted to them to, to really glorify Him in this world. And there's nothing that they have to do. And, and the minute they feel, God is all, has all we were all born with intuition, right? right? Which is a form of discernment, right? People call intuition, Christians call it discernment. And the minute you feel that, oh, that, oh that's not right. I don't know if I want to do that. Hmm. I don't think I should have to do that to get this. Mm -hmm. Then something is wrong and follow your instinct and follow your intuition because it's probably wrong and they probably want you for something else other than your music. And you said it earlier though, if God guides, if he guides you, he'll, he'll provide. provide you. And I think that's the most important thing too. Yeah. Like if you, if you, if God has a calling on your life, he's going to make it happen, but he's going to make it happen in his time. Right. Don't rush. You know, if you, if you read in, in, um, so, songs, the songs, the songs. It says, "Do not awaken love before it's time," because everything has to be done in his time. You know, and people just want to rush. And this world is in such. You know, one thing I know is that chaos is not from God, because God is a God of order. Amen. To rush things is not from God, because God is a God of patience. And so, I think that people want to do things so fast and get things so fast. Believe me, it took. I sat for eight years, eight years before I lifted a pen to write for the Lord. Wow. I'm not saying it's going to take that long for anyone else, but God knew how long I needed. Somebody might take a year, mm -hmm. somebody might take 
six months. It took me eight years. But I but God knew that I needed that time to reflect upon him in order to really have a heart for him, to write for him. And that's what it that's what it took. And I and you know what? God eventually said, you know what, Debbie? It's your time. The time is now. Get up, walk, go. And I said, Okay, Lord, I'm here, I'm ready, I'm willing. And I think a lot of times these girls nowadays, they're so caught up in what society wants them to be that they don't even recognize what they want to be. Right. They're letting society yeah. define exactly. them when the yep. Lord should be the one defining them. That's right. You know? I mean, that's, that's really good stuff. And, and God definitely opens doors, you know. Amen. Uh, when I met you uh, back at that worship service, you were kind of like in preparation to mm -hmm. perform at an event with Flame and mm -hmm. B-Rolls and other yeah. people. Yeah. You know, and those aren't things that just come on their own, right. mm -mm. you know, that's favor as well as acknowledgement of talent and, and recognition of hustle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, know, you, you have to hustle. Don't, yep. don't just sit back and say, God will give me this. You know, right. you have to work at it as well. So I, I encourage you as an artist out there, if you're watching, you have to work at it and work at it well. You know, don't just, don't just wait for things to happen. And like I was telling you earlier, to me, it wasn't about the money. It was about the ministry mm -hmm. because right. God will give you the desires of your heart. But what you have to understand is your desires have to line up with His Amen. will in your life. That's when He'll give you the desires of your heart, you know. But if in your heart the desires are not of Him, He's gonna, you'll get it. But it may not come the way you think. People mm -hmm. think that the grass is greener on the other side, but then when they have to mow it, they realize it's not as green. It's not as greener, you know. It just looked that way. So I think that what we need, what a lot of people need to become ministry minded. And God focused, and then the rest will fall into place. Because once you do that, because, you know, when things, when people started coming to me and started saying, like, oh, you know, like, I actually got invited back to Oklahoma. Um, I mean, Ohio. Ohio, I'm sorry. I got invited back to Ohio to do a second event. And, you know, but it's me hustling, you know, I'm, I'm taking care of business, you know, I'm, I'm, God right. got me, but I'm doing my port, I'm doing my, my side of the work right. too. Right. You know, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm talking to people, I'm networking, I'm now with the help of my label, um, they're going to be doing, uh, um, mention the name of your label, I don't think uh, you it's Tape, Tape Music, Tape, tape music. music Group. Yeah. And what it is, is that now with their help, I'm actually going to, um, they're going to do a commercial campaign which starts in June and that's when they're going to be putting my commercial out there. A radio campaign will start in May, this, nice. in the next two weeks. So I have the help of everything that they do in the secular realm. Awesome. And you know what, my, my radio campaign is going to be, it's going to be the way they would do it anywhere else. They're going to do a test market of the lower tier, like, like it's not the K-Love but it's the next tier of radio stations. Right just to see where it goes. And I've already been getting a return, you know, and, and the, even, and right now with the way marketing is today and Facebook and Twitter and everything you have, there's 20 different countries represented on my Facebook. Well, I'm not just well, reaching local people, I'm reaching, I'm crossing international boundaries. So as long as you work hard, cause you gotta work hard. It's not because, well, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a Christian so everything should come my way. I'm gonna be a Christian artist. No, you got, just like you gotta work out there in the secular, you're gonna have to work out yeah. here in the Christian realm. But believe me, when you work in the Christian realm, the rewards, God will bless you abundantly. Hannah, she she said, Lord, I'm barren. I want a child. I don't have children. Please give me a child. And then it wasn't until Hannah said, Lord, if you give me a child, I'll dedicate him to you. At three years old, she gave him to the high priest. And then what did the Lord do for her after that? He gave her five more kids. Not only did he give her one, but he gave her six. 
and and he gave her abundantly. So when you when you take all you have and invest in the Lord, he's gonna you're gonna reap benefits that you never thought you would reap. Amen. That's awesome. We want to thank you for coming out today, you're and welcome. we pray that people yeah. out there would follow you on Facebook, Twitter. Look up the, the website. Tell them the website name. I have the Twitter up right now. But what's it's www.debbygonzalezmusic.com. That's debbygonzalezmusic.com. Check it out. Uh, Tate Music Group Artists. Look for the music. New album coming out. No, my album, my album came out. out now. Yeah, armor. it came out. The Armor. It's um, it's already out. And you can get it on Amazon, iTunes, any, any one of those. But you're um, already working on a new project. Yes, so. and I'm working on a second project already. Awesome. Yep. You have a, the you have Lord. a date in mind already? Or no, no date. It's still, it's, fresh start. Yeah. Yeah, it's, the, it's still in its early infancy stages, and I've already written um, three songs. Okay. So we're just, but no date yet. All right, so go to iTunes.com and check out, look for Armor. Debbie Gonzalez, or go to DebbieGonzalezMusic.com and check out all the information. Download whatever you have to. Yep. Make sure you check her out on Twitter. Follow her. Give her a shout-out. Or hit us up at RapFestRadio.com, and we'll pass the shout-out. And out I have one more thing to say. Oh, yes, the foundation. I have um, any any proceeds of my music. I have two ministries that I support right now. One is Hazor Foundation, and we're on Facebook. And what that does is creates awareness for human trafficking, child brides, and sex, sexual assault victims. And also Africa for God, for God, which is uh, mission missionaries that go out to Africa, and um, they actually are teaching women how to read and spreading the, through the word of God. And um, actually, about three weeks ago, there was a witch doctor that was saved. Wow. So um, proceeds of my album support that ministry. So um, I just wanted to kind of, those two ministries. So I just kind of wanted to put it out there That's for awesome. you guys. So That's you'll awesome. be supporting other ministries other than my own. There we go. Cold Purple. Yeah. Africa right. for God. And Pastor Ray. Malawi Initiative. Africa is getting in. That's right. Good stuff. Amen. So, um, again, let me give you some quick announcements. And then when we come back with, from the announcements, we'll have Mr. Pastor Mike Carrion will be here. But you can chill out here for a second with us. Uh, let's go to this first okay. announcement. Hold on. <laughs> you know. It's a very high-level program so, right here. Yeah, so Triple Threat Ministries is actually one of our sponsors. They'll be sponsoring us uh, for our artist, uh, Yavez. Yavez Ellis will be coming out for Rap Fest 2013. And they're going to have a three-on-three basketball tournament uh, in collaboration with No Limits Church, uh, Pastor Ken Bobby and uh, Youth Pastor Chino. Uh, they'll be having an event this weekend. Registration is on May 10th at 7.30 at No Limits Church. And the game day, the three-on-three three tournament will be on Saturday May 11th at 9 a.m. so check out uh, 3tmi.com and uh, and don't forget to don't forget to continue to follow 3tmi sorry TTMI 326 at TTMI. Twitter TTMI 326 that's Triple Threat Ministries shout out to Blake Velasquez and now check out this video uh, by Lecrae called Confessions we'll be back money than we'll ever see ever see someone buy a private island they never see ever see ever see on your own personal yacht take a jog around your block that you bought from selling your stock not 
in this lifetime Some of them my partners, they don't believe in karma But they believe in commas And they believe they dollars for a peace of mind Put a price up on their head and they be fine with that fine Cause you fine when you can buy the park, you hate the rise It was fun in the beginning, now it seems they not as thrilling And you got to make a killing, but it never feels fulfilling So they call me, tell me, pray to sound Confessions of a At my car and my crib Give me work and meaning Cause I know they never did Them numbers in my bank account Are no reason for living And sleeping with bad women Really doesn't keep me driven I'm sure this man sitting beside me Is beside himself Trying to find himself Yeah he flying first class Thinking everyone behind him is a peon Going home to a model chick He probably gon' cheat on He'll be empty for eons You know what I be on Money don't solve it all Man look what happened to Dion I bought my dream house But it only made me wake up It all Falls down even if you got your cake up Private jets, rode in foreign cars, still so unimpressed. Cause after she spent all that money on her chest, she thought it'd make her life better, but she finds she's still depressed. Ain't nothing wrong with having it, matter of fact, go and get it. But if you find identity in it, then go forget it. You gained the whole world, but lost the only thing you own. Cause everything else is just a temporary loan. Yeah, I remember this one time I walked into my cousin's first home and I was young. The feeling I had was like I could never, ever achieve buying a house. Looking back, it's crazy because I didn't know anything about whether I could buy a home or I couldn't buy a home back then. It was just something that was instilled in me that made me feel like I wasn't worthy to buy a home or buy anything. I thought I wasn't worthy of achieving anything. I thought my life would be a struggle. I didn't think I could ever achieve anything but what I had. You know, the street, you know, my friends across the street and 93rd Street and Northern Boulevard was my life. I'm grateful for my experiences because now I see things differently and I want to reach out to those guys who might feel like that today still. Because there's grown men who might feel they're not worthy still. My name's Raymond and I am grateful. 
Grateful Apparel is geared toward helping those in need. We want to thank you for partnering with us in keeping the 360 house doors open. Your purchase goes a long way, and we are grateful. Trust God, clean house, help others. Grateful. Yo, welcome back We're to RapFest Radio, RapFestRadio.com. Shout out to Lecrae for the video confessions. And of course, Grateful Apparel, one of our major sponsors. Yes, Grateful yes. Apparel. Go to GratefulApparel.com, buy everything, add everything to cart. It's easy. Hit the select all, add to cart, buy now. Buy now. There you go. That's quick, right? That's the way, that was that's, quick. That's that was the way we roll. That's it. Body. Done. $18,000 later, you're like, what the <laughs> heck did I just do? <laughs> Yo, uh, we excited. We got Pastor Reverend, Reverend. let me say it right. This is Mike Carrion, that's fine. Mike, MC. MC. He's the real MC, Mike Carey. Original. Original. Can I kick it? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Yo, hey, that's what we uh, know for POC. Uh, Reverend Mike Carrion is the pastor of Promised Land Covenant Church yes. here in the Bronx. Good friend of ours. He's, well, I've known you for a while already. Years. It's been years. It's crazy. Back in the day. I was, I was thinking about it recently. I was like, oh, I know Mike for a while. But it's, it's exciting to see where God has him now. So before we start asking questions, I'll let you do your official Mike carry on introduction and then we'll take it from there. Drop the beat. Drop the beat. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no beat. No, no, no. Uh, Mike carry on. I'm the planting and founding pastor of Promised Land Covenant Church. And I serve uh, not just in that capacity. When we planted our church, we planted a charter school, and then we planted four other church plants, one in the juvenile detention center. Uh, one is known as Elements Covenant Church. My former associate pastor, Ephraim Alisea, very familiar with yep, uh, his family. Um, then an H2O project, and now we have another church plant in Boston, uh, in, in Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland happening, awesome. Promised Land, uh, Baltimore, and uh, we're just excited. You know, God is just doing some tremendous things. Uh, I mean, intro, I am saved by grace, man. Very, 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 very appreciative to be uh, doing what I'm doing in light of uh, where I come from. So, Promised Land, Baltimore. Remind me, somebody's looking for a church out there. Oh, we got a church. And yeah. I've been trying to find a place for them. Just remind me, I, gotta, I can't remember who it is. I'll find you, I'll find you. <laughs> um, we'll find yeah, you. but uh, Mike, your, your church is like in the South Bronx. Yeah. You know, and... That's one of the things I love about it because the, the Bronx is a tough town. It's a tough town for us that we do hip hop. That's what yeah. we do, yeah. and it's tough. So I could imagine for a church how tough it is, you know, to minister. And you know, so I want you to share a little bit of your experience of the people that are visiting your church now because you've been how many years now in Promised Land? Seven. We're going into our eighth year. Going into awesome. eight years. Yeah. So what has the vibe been around the neighborhood, especially yeah. like this when the Cypress location? Yeah. That's yeah. the toughest one, right? That's the toughest one. Well, both locations. We have one on Cypress Avenue, one thirty seventh, and the other one's on one forty first and Willis Avenue. It's a partnership with another uh, denomination there. You know, the the context is is rough. You know, Bert, we are in, I think, maybe the hardest fiscal times, especially for the urban center. So uh, the poorest of the poor, um, the most 
challenged. Uh, every social ill you can mention, we're facing in that context of ministry. So people are broken, uh, people are hurting, people are looking for jobs, people are trying to you know, get their lives together, and they need Jesus. Right. And so we, we have seen a, a plethora of, of, of everything that you can name come in, and we've just been loving them, holding them down, uh, introducing them to God, and uh, trying to serve them the best way we can. Now, are these the same, the kind of people you expected? When, you, when, when God said, Mike, you're going to plant this church, were you expecting this? Brother, let me tell you something. No, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> you know, let me tell you. Real talk, right? Is that real talk? Yeah, I so, mean, I'm going to tell you, this was in my sermon yesterday. I said, Lord... Bring the masses. <laughs> and he brought the masses, brother. And when they came, they came with mass problems. <laughs> and so, Lord, you know, can I kick it? Like, you know? Yes, you can. So I, I am, praise God. And so I'm going to tell you something. I, 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 have, I have been in awe at the amazing things that God has been doing. But I have also been taken back at some of the pain and brokenness that I have seen. Hmm. I mean, in the South Bronx in 2013, to meet people in Willis uh, Projects, Mitchell Projects, Millbrook Projects that have no education, dropped out in third grade. These are stories that I heard about years ago when my grandmother yeah. first came from Puerto Rico. You know what I mean? And so, but to hear that in this postmodern context, right. and to be dealing with some of these issues, um, it, it's just taking me back. But you know, the Bible says that where the, where, the, where the darkness abounds, there even more the grace of God abounds. Mm -hmm. And so we have seen uh, man, just so many people, especially the undocumented population. We're we're going to start a church just for those that have no documents, and some of, many of them are literate in their mother language and in English. And wow. so we're dreaming about putting together a, a hybrid um, church just to love them, support them, empower them, train them, and then uh, and then just rock 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 that community. Wow. Um, it's been, but it's been, it's been hard, man. I'm gonna tell you, it has been hard. Uh, seminary, and I've got a lot of schooling. I mean, God has blessed me with opportunities. Awesome. Seminary did not prepare me for what I was, and that's real talk. And I think most pastors will tell that's you, right. seminary, and we spent a lot of money. It's $2,500 a class in some schools, and right. that's for three credits only. And wow. you need like 96 for an MDiv. And so, you know, do the math. So, like, <laughs> just do the math, fine. And then if you do post postgraduate, then you you know you're talking doctor, you're talking a bunch of other stuff. But bottom line, most of what I got in seminary did not prepare me for the contextualization, for the necessity of incarnational ministry in this broken context. Uh, so the Holy Spirit has breathed life. Amen. Where my Amen. academics fell short, where my professors did not prepare me, God has shown up Amen. through willing vessels. And we have seen, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I have seen people come in and, and I gave this analogy, right, if I can. I gave this analogy. There was two people that came into the church this, this past month. One person says, man, this is a nice Nice church, nice worship, nice preaching, but you know, you got to fix this, you got to fix that, you got to fix this. Person walked in, saw everything wrong with the church. But then there was another person that I met, and that person sat next to me on Wednesday in the Bible study and says, you know, I walked into this church, and I've never felt so loved, I've never felt so free, mm. I've never seen the light, I, and they've been back so, so many times since then. And I said, wow, one person saw everything wrong, one person saw, saw the, met God. And I said, God, just continue. Continue to just have people see and meet you mm -hmm. in spite of the deficiencies. Mm -hmm. There's no perfect church. Absolutely. There's no perfect church plan. But as long as we're pursuing and seeking the face of God, God does what we can't do. I, I, I would, I mean, how, I don't know how much you want to get into, but I think, you know, you have a strong testimony of just your past, your history. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, knowing you and hearing you preach and stuff, I know that that helps fuel your messages oh, because it's so, like, I even get emotional thinking about it because. 
it's it's real. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about like you Absolutely. know growing up maybe? Well, I got saved uh, under Nikki Cruz. I got saved uh, through Teen Challenge. I was a Teen, I'm a teen Challenge graduate, nice. class of '93. And when I look at my life, I think that was that was the God moment, Kairos for me. I went to uh, my first day in Teen Challenge and Pivot Ministries. I went into uh, Hartford, Connecticut, and Teen and Nikki Cruz was preaching, and I was all the way in the back, 2,000 people in the back. The Gonzalez brothers were were, were, were doing the worship. I don't know if you remember them. Yeah, yeah. The El Trio. Plug June first, Sanctuary Fellowship. Sanctuary Fellowship. I'll be there. I'll be in the building. <laughs> so and so, and so, well, the whole family at that point was the was the right. ministry. Yeah. If you remember that, they were rock. They were like the menudo of the Christian yeah. church back then. They were the Jackson Five. They were the Jackson Five. Jackson Eight. Jackson Eight. Jackson Eight. Anyway, so they're doing worship. They're going off. Nikki starts to preach. I don't understand nothing Nikki's saying, but the minute he does the altar, you know, I'm being real. Can I kick it right? Yes, so you can. I, turn, I, turn, I, I don't say that, but I know when he made that altar call, I went from the back to the front, just bawling, and it changed my life. So my family, my father did 22 years in jail, my mother did six years in jail. And so according to statistics, as a person, as a black Tino, because I'm two cultures, right? I'm African American and I'm Puerto Rican. And so I have a duality within me. And my whole life has seemed to have these two roles, right? And so I come from a long line of heroin addicts. That's what I come from. That's the context. And so grew up going to facilities to visit my parents and had all the abandonment issues with that. Got strung out in drugs like my parents were strung out most of my life. But then I got delivered. And then uh, I'm going to tell you, awesome. uh, one, one part of I like to focus on this, and it was, I remember uh, preaching this sermon, and it just blew me away. I preached one, uh, a story of reconciliation. I preached one sermon saying, I'm believing for the reconciliation of my family one Sunday. The following Sunday, I open up in prayer, and my whole family walks into the church. Wow. And, and I hadn't seen my father in so many years, and all nine of my sisters and my brother came in with them. My mother had, at this point had already passed on, and it was an estranged relationship. Uh, but the last three years, of me and my father's relationship. Uh, he, he passed away in 2009 uh, of um, lung cancer. Uh, but I had waited. You know, the little boy inside of me always cried, Daddy. Mm -hmm. And so, but when he passed, his last breath, he was a rich man. A man who was poor, who was orphaned from the island, and uh, he had all nine of his kids around him, all his grandkids. Mm -hmm. He took his last breath, and I said, Papi, I'll see you later. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, his funeral was like a rock concert mm -hmm. uh, because it was truly a celebration of the ending of life. So when I think about where I come from, you're right. My seminary, my true seminary experience yeah. was growing up in the barrio mm -hmm. on 115th Street, going through the crack season, mm -hmm. graduating Crack Valley, right. gra graduating Mantecaville, mm -hmm. surviving the issues and the abandonment of my parents, and then God calls me, separates me, cleans me up, then sends me out with all my issues to serve the least, the last, and the lost. Right. And so, you know, that's, that's so that, 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 that has helped me more. And I'm a black Puerto Rican, so my Spanish is like Spanglish. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you, when we go and we feed the homeless and we reach out to them, we're feeding hundreds of people, every, we connect. Somehow, some way, the food is a universal language. Mira, peanut butter jelly sandwiches. I'm gonna tell you. I mean, you can throw a little quarter water in there. We good. Uh, but but it's, been, it's been it's been profound. Yeah. And um, I, I'm always amazed. First of all, I'm always shocked when I open up the service. We open up the service that there's more than one person in the building. And I'm always shocked at that because I'm always, you know, I always say, "Wow, you know, Lord, yeah, yeah." You know, what I'm saying? Hey, people keep coming back. God, you're doing something. You know what I mean? So, they must love the music. Yeah, yeah. Not me. Yeah, it must be the, yeah, you know. But but I will say to you that we are a hybrid church in every sense of the word. We got a lot of we got a lot of hip hop, a lot of R and B. We'll break out in hymnals. We're very eclectic, and I think that's what the Bronx is. It's an eclectic context. It's 
a mixture of many cultures, many tongues, many worldviews, right. and the center, we all come together to meet and Christ the, in that. And the new location is, is interesting because it's not that urban look. No, it's, it's not. It's a very, like, you almost want to... I'm gonna go home and change clothes. I'm in the wrong way. <laughs> come back, you yeah. know, and come yeah. back because it's more yeah. like a you know very institutional looking church. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So how how what's the people's reaction? They walk in. They well, must, I, I gotta be confused, right? Well, I'm gonna tell you. There's a tension there, and so you've got the institutional church. It's a it's a Wesleyan church, and so they've got their altar is built for their sacramental theology. And so when we do worship, that church leaves. We come in. We got you know Pastor Donald is fitted cap to the side, <laughs> right. and he's like, everybody put your hands up. And then so the, the the mothers of that church are saying, "Oh my God!" <laughs> but wait a minute, that's I, I sense God. And then I'm gonna tell you, it go, it's crazy. And so we got cats that come in and it's raw. One Sunday we did something really really interesting. We have um we are very tied into the to the to the community of motorcycle clubs and so on and so mm -hmm. forth. And so we had a motorcycle club Sunday. And so we had like 350 motorcycle. Wow. I'm talking about Rough Riders. I'm talking about least of Saints Christian clubs. I'm talking about Hell's Angels. I'm talking about uh, Hidden Shadows. I'm talking about the filthy community. I mean these these guys came in raw diggity and it was the most powerful <laughs> service we ever saw nice most pop you never i never felt the presence of god that that profoundly uh so. because there was more unbelievers in the church than there were believers did you want and, and that's what you want yeah. and, but you know I, you know how many phone calls i said what are you doing you're becoming liberal mike mm -hmm. i don't understand you got all these motorcycles wait a minute wait a minute if jesus were walking now in the 21st century you know who he would be with he wouldn't be with the church folk. Yeah. He'd be with the gangbanger. He'd yeah. be with the nieta, the Latin king. He'd be with the homosexual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be with the yeah. person shooting dope, smoking crack. He'd be with the ex-felon. He'd be with the undocumented, the least of these. Yeah, he's not going to the vigil and the conference. No, he's not. He's not, <laughs> he's not gonna go to the vigil where everybody's saved right, and right. been saved. And, and, and if you you're know, not, you can't go. And if you're not, you can't go. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you, if there's one thing, if one thing that's been refreshing, it's been a learning experience in the lab for us. It has been, we have never dealt with so many people who were unchurched and so many that have converted. Even this past year has been such a learning experience for us. But when you lift up Jesus high, I'm gonna tell you, he draws he on that to himself. Yep. And so that's been profound for us. It's been a great experience. So what do you do to train your leaders? Because naturally you have a certain background. Yes. And you have schooling. You have yes. like you have a doctor's degree in being a student already. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Forget about everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you do to train your leaders that don't have that schooling? Yeah. Of, or, or do they have to be a student like you to be a part of leadership? You know, you have to have a willing heart. That's really our philosophy of ministry. When you look at the the New Testament canon, you look at the the seminary experience for the apostles, right? Uh, they didn't have. They said, "Drop your nets and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men." The next three years was their seminary experience. Mm -hmm. And so, scripturally, in the narrative, we don't see go to Alliance Theological. Though I am a, you know, I believe in education. <laughs> right. You guys know Absolutely. that. But I believe that there's something that happens in context. Mm -hmm. Jesus steps out of glory, puts on humanity, becomes incarnation, becomes Emmanuel the tabernacle right and so that's a lesson in itself if truly for us to learn and to love we've got to live alongside Amen. and I think the best class the best context is incarnational ministry by learning by doing and that's how we train our ministers we have I think it's become a science for us we've learned by doing so well that we started planting other churches Right? I, I was blessed to have a great core team, and I got to give him some love. That's Ephraim Ali Sayah, you know? Amen. Brother, Brother e. e. I was blessed with that guy because he was a, he, where, I, where I was deficient, 
he had the gifting, and I'm gonna tell you, his discernment off the charts. I loved her, uh, the, the, the minister that was before me, her uh, intuition versus discernment wordplay. I thought that was powerful. Uh, but he, he was su such an intuitive learner that once he got the call, it, it was already confirmed. And so that's just been replicated. And so we planted a school that serves 600 students. Some of What's those families, family? oh, Bronx Academy, uh, Bronx Academy of Promise Charter School, and it is an <laughs> A school, one of three that awesome. came out in the papers. Awesome. We're the national and state champs. And then the question is, can any good thing come out of the South Bronx? Yes, yes it can, right? Yeah. And, so, and so I'm very proud of that, awesome. the president, founder. But I wouldn't advise that people start a church and a school at the same time. I mean, it almost wrecked me. It was, it was crazy. But I'll say to you that that model, that modality of really sitting, listening, and learning, and also there's the theocentric preparation. There's a reason for process. There's a reason for education. But in context is the best learning lab. Yeah. In context, by doing it. And by messing up in context. And so, you know, when, when Pastor Donald first got on the mic, you know, he's got that. You know, but every sometimes he would say things that were like, Oh my god, why did you say that? And then and then but we learn. We right, learn. Right. And he is now a minister that just flows like yeah. You look at Brother E, he's a national model. You look at Ruben Austria, another co-founder. He's right. just blowing up all over the place. You look at Eli Hernandez, uh, PLC mm -hmm. Baltimore, international minister. I mean, these ministers started with us. I mean, and then you know what? It looked like an attitude when we first started the church because we were all coming from different churches to start this one church. I said, I mean, these guys, this is not going to last. Right, right, right. Most church plants die within the first year and a half. And so we're eight years in. So it wasn't just an attitude. It was God doing something with the peculiar people. Right. And so we, we celebrate that. And it's become our training modality. Come in, learn, watch, discern. Let God break you. Then let him heal you. Because, you know, in ministry, what I've learned is that a lot of what I'm seeing and dealing with, that's the ministry to me. I think I'm ministering to them. But they're right. feeding me. They're developing me. They're, right. they're building me up. And it's not a Messiah complex. It's just God reminds me. Remember where I, I brought you from? Right. Mm -hmm. And now I'm doing it with them? You know that Psalm, Psalm 51, return unto me the joy of my salvation, right? Mm -hmm. I, I've been walking on clouds for the last eight years, mm -hmm. crying a lot, but walking on clouds mm -hmm. because God always reminds me, if I could do it for you, I could do it for anybody. So you the man, you rock. Bro. No, Jesus, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm I am a, a I got to keep talking. I got to say, enjoy this. So, so we're excited about that. We got, we're excited. You know, God, God has uh, graced me. I think with a gift. I ain't got many gifts, Bert. Bert, you're, you're if not the best. I mean, he was talking about this in Orlando. If not the best, freestyler off your dome. I mean, I don't know nobody that could spit like you off the top, right? Uh, and you're multi-talented. You're an organizer. See, I'm not like you. I'm not multi-talented. You know what I mean? I mean, I can sit down and read a book all day long. That's not a talent. I mean, that's, 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 that's I mean, it's beneficial. Yeah, but to but, me, it's a stretch. <laughs> but 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 I mean, I think I think one one gift that God did give me is to identify gifts in others, mm. and so I've seen that. I've seen that, and people have been lifted up and sent out. I think a healthy missional church is a church that's sending out, not right. keeping in. Amen. And, Amen. and in my spiritual formation coming out of the charismatic Pentecostal experience, I saw a lot of keeping in. Mm -hmm. oh, I saw, yeah. I saw a lot of restraint, mm -hmm. a lot of rules and regulations. But that's not the modality you see what, what Paul unpacks in the, right? What happens is that he's sending. And then he's see. He, Jesus says, the kingdom is here. Paul says, this is the church in the kingdom. And this is praxis. So then he sends out Timothy and Barnabas and Demas and this is for Demas has forsaken me. Then there's tensions, but we learn in those tensions. And I think that that's been the beautiful part of this journey. I'm, I'm also blessed in the sense that 
where God has called me to be a church planner. I serve as a regional uh, church planning coach for the Evangelical Covenant Church, which is my denomination. Okay. And so I'm flying all over the country. I see I'm the training. Yeah. I see the tan. <laughs> yeah, I, I see the tan. I see the tan. I know, I know. Somebody called me, was dark chocolate when I got me? <laughs> <laughs> the, pimps, the pictures that, you know, they, they, they thought I was bleached. But no, this is, you know. Anyway, this anyway. is Mike. Yeah, so, so, yeah, this is the room of my carry-on. And so I've been, I've been privileged to now sit under some of the gurus of church planting in the United States, you know, and I'm not going to plug for the denomination, but every mainline denomination sends their people to us for us to identify if they got the, the, the wherewithal, mm. right, the, the capacity to church plant. And so that's a blessing because I am a black Puerto Rican from Spanish Harlem. I didn't graduate from Yale or Harvard. I came from Boricua College, Boricua you know. College. And I'm go. saying that, you know what I'm saying? And so uh -huh. what happens is that I should not be in the room with the people that I'm with, mm. but for some reason in God's yeah, choreography, right? Right. right. Here I am, so. right? The child of heroin addicts, right? Mm -hmm. Ex-crackhead, you know, teen challenge graduate. You know what I mean? And so what am I doing with Dr. So-and-so and doctors? God's grace, Amen. God's mysterious power, and so privileged to see all of this and then we are in if, let's be honest we're in the darkest of darkest ages if you think back to when we grew up in church we're seeing things that we never saw oh, we're yeah, seeing, yeah. On, on CNN yeah. on TV yeah. but so now these days have gotten darker now the church has got to get stronger and yeah. be the light in context and so that ex that excites me about starting churches because there's more conversions with more churches and so I I'm excited to see let, let me ask you something else though not to cut you off though no, no, it's fine. because I know that you fellowship with other pastors oh, yeah. in New York yeah and not all from the same uh, Denomination. Covering denomination, right. affiliation. you know, what, what is the, I guess to make it simple, like what's the reason behind that? Why, why bother? I'm sure you have a lot of stuff of your own that you have to take care of. So why do you find it so important to fellowship with other pastors? I'm gonna tell you, it is absolutely non-negotiable. Your your senior pastor is uh, has been a coach for me, uh, Sanctuary uh, Fellowship, Pastor George, um, just has been a tremendous mentor. Uh, I was a part of the uh, church plant with Pastor Mitchell, another mentor, and uh, is they, we honestly, uh, there's been so much seasoning and growing and, and contextualization that's happened when you are in community with other pastors. Uh, you know, when Jesus comes back, he's not coming back for the Assemblies of God, the ECC, Southern Baptist, Foursquare, he's coming back for one church. And so, and, and, and especially in the West, we've built these invisible walls where we can't fellowship. That's not biblical. And so if we're being truly the church, then we have to have koinonia and love. And so you've got a fellowship. Right. If you forsake that fellowship, you then not forsake, I think, real lessons. I think real context uh, and growth and, and even breaking. We need to be broken by one another to truly know the love of God, the power of God, the redeeming, you know? Come on, somebody say amen out there, right? And so what happens is that it is non-negotiable for me to network. Uh, we do we do every month a uh, multi-church prayer breakfast at Sanctuary, and we love it. It is non-negotiable for us. I want the men in our church to never look at your church or, or, or anybody else's church as, as an alien foreign community. No, right. we are one church. Absolutely. And so to walk together is to be walking in strength and community, and I believe really to better discern the will of God. And yeah. so I wish, I wish that was instilled in my training years ago. 
But I, I right. thank God that in the lack thereof of my training, now in this season, I'm being intentional about not letting what I didn't learn hold me back from moving forward today. So, you know, and, and that's awesome because for the for the beginning years of Rap Fest Radio, when we just doing the audio before and even the video, interview after interview after interview, what was the main topic? Unity. Oh, unity. Oh, unity. Everybody talking about it, but nobody doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I think now we're starting to see with you know because i'm at, at sanctuary and i'm with pastor george a lot yeah. and i hear how he talks about the other pastor friends yeah which oh, usually you don't have that you know you yeah, have you i know some pastors you know mm -hmm. that's about yeah, it yeah, so associates. he talks about his pastor friends and people that he's accountable you True. know to Absolutely. and for and with you know really many and also like the urban kingdom youth right. ministries that's with danny Sanaria right. and all the churches actually coming Jose together new birth that's right, right. right. new birth or everybody just starting to come together absolutely and i think it's about time it's about time it's way long overdue. I, I, well, but you know what that's what tradition does it separates it, it separates and it's misapplied many times I, I think that it's way over time but I think there's also a larger divine purpose for it yeah I think that God is prepping prepping us because there's going to be a time where we're going to have we're going to have no other choice but to stand next to each other yeah. right. I mean if we're really reading the text mm -hmm. and we're looking at the eschatological narratives and the final consummation we are in the last days. Oh, yeah. And I'm not trying to get, you know, weird and, ooh. No, no. You, but read your Bible, dog. Yeah. You'll see that, you know, what's popping off now, son. It's what's there. popping off now, yeah. we need each other. Right. And so for me, you know, your, your, your pastor's a coach to me. Mitchell's a coach to me. He's like a spiritual father to me. And, and I fight with him. I, I, you know, <laughs> you know, when you didn't have a father, you fight with all the father figures in your life. Right, right, right. right? You can say amen to that, right? Yeah. We, we, yeah. We, we, we rebel. We walk away from. So coach, Phil Bonanno, uh, uh. Uh, so many others. I mean, uh, Joe Cortese, Crossroads, has been a great mentor for many of us. Bishop Bailey, um, uh, Pastor Tim at Revelation is making some big noise. I mean, yeah. crazy, crazy, and crazy. And he rides a Harley, too. And he rides a Harley. That's right. He's <laughs> down with that crew. He's down with the crew, the Harley. I ain't down with that crew yet. I don't have a driver's license, and I'm proud of it. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, so, so I think it's really important. That was my So, no, I'm doing a so far. <laughs> and so, and so I, I think it's I think it's absolutely non-negotiable for us to be in community. It's important. Yeah, it's important. I, and it's and awesome. I love it, you know. And I love the fact that we, even as Rap Fest, and I think even God belongs in my city. These other ministries are really starting to build relationships with all of these pastors. Yes, but it's because not that we had to learn. That's right. Because. We all grew up in this isolation That's right. Christianity That's right. movement. That's right. And we started our ministry, Bert and I, doing everything by ourselves because that's the way we were taught. Yeah. You do it all by yourself, so you don't yeah. branch out, you don't, you know. Yeah. So it's a learning, it's a learning curve. And yeah. then once you start to to connect to other people and letting God connect. That's right. You know, because the connection God makes is much more stronger than a connection right. you can make with others. That's right. So once God starts to put like the puzzle pieces together yeah. and right. starts to fit it and starts to mend and start, it, it's just incredible right. how mm -hmm. God just takes you from point A to point B and point C, and it's just we, we've just seen how. It allows the ministry to grow. That's right. Because now you're not doing it on your own. That's right. You know, you have other right. people that are holding on to you, and you hold right. on to them, and you become, you know, in prayer and, and right. in fellowship, which is so important. It's right. absolutely important. Let me just say this to you, and that's a valid point. It is so lonely to be the leader. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was a great youth pastor for my former pastor. Uh, you, he was on the, he was here with Raphael too, Raymond Talavera. Oh yeah, that's, that was my, that's my, you know, I'm, I'm, that's the, the rock I was cut from. You know what I mean? And so, and know that 
crazy theologian, so, practitioner, so very calm, so calm, powerful, prophetic, and prolific teacher. And so my formation that all again, the powerful, powerful prophetic, and prolific. And say bomb diggity at the same time. Bomb diggity. Just, just realize who we're talking to. MC. I love it. It's an MC like carryover. You know, so so I think that when I think when I when I think about the context, leadership <laughs> is lonely. And I saw Pastor Ray Talavera suffer as a senior pastor. And we started sending, we started doing church plants in Central America. So the church planting thing I got from him. We were opening orphanages and schools, and then he started doing it in Africa. I mean, it was little concilio that went. You know, broke off from the larger and right and started right, right. just doing what God wanted to do. And so that training really, really uh, was good for me. But I saw the pain he went through. I saw the loneliness he had. I saw the brokenness he had. I saw that he could handle everybody's problems, but nobody could handle his problems. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I don't ever want to have that job. Right. I don't ever want to be a senior pastor. And so when people started calling that out, I was like, oh, no, no. No, wrong mic. Wrong mic. Wrong mic. You're talking about the other mic. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, my first name is Sixto. You want the other guy. You know what I'm saying? My first name is Sixto, for yeah, real, y'all. Yeah. And so what happens is that, oh, that's, yeah, that's so, then, so then God pulls me to another church, and then in that church, they're saying, you know, you know you're know, you not a number two guy, but I was, I'm going to tell you something. In my mind, in my mind, I was like, look, man, I could do the associate, assistant pastor thing forever. Forever. What you need? I'll wipe the sweat off your brow, son. I ain't got no problem. I'll be your armor bearer. Look, back up. He's praying. You know, I don't have a problem. I'll do that part, man. But then I, it was one day I, when I got the call, I was upset with God. I was in prayer. I was about to preach. And Pastor Mitchell, he says, I know you're supposed to preach tonight, Mike, but God has a word for you. I knew right there something was going to happen. He grabs the mic and he, he quotes from the Old Testament. He says, you know what? Um, go and do all that I've put in your heart to do because it's going to work well with you. Wow. And I said, oh, no. <laughs> and so I discerned. And then a few months later, we started to put the white paper called Promised Land Church, mm. which then turned into Promised Land Covenant. But leadership is lonely and it hurts. That's right. why I need George. That's why I need mm -hmm. Mitchell. That's why I need e e e Brother E. That's why I need Phil Bonanno. That's why I need Kimberly and Ernie. That's why I need. I need my brothers. I need my sisters. I need, I can't do this alone. Mm -hmm. And I think too many of the churches, are, you taught this Superman individualistic theology, mm -hmm. and it's bad theology, it's weak theology, mm -hmm. and it causes pastors to burn out, to have moral failures, and to miss the mark. Right. We ain't supposed to carry everything. Right. That's Jesus. Well, then what you happens know? is you end up trying to control everything. Exactly. You have nobody to delegate to. You got nobody to delegate to. But some people, they don't want to delegate because they don't want to give up the control. Right. right. And so for me, I was like, I don't want to be. I don't want to be in control, Lord. I don't want to be the person that's micromanaging. Where are you going from here to there? I don't want to do that. Right. God, wherever you go, I'll send me. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say it. I'm right. yours. You're really the potter, and I'm really the clay. Right, right. We gotta stop quoting these scriptures, and they're not applying them. Mm -hmm. right, right. You know, we think that the Bible's a magazine to be read when we're in the restroom handling hours. You know what I mean? Right, right. That is a Bible. That that's a word that's gotta be lived. Right. Not to get graphic, but I know this rap fest. I can go there, right? Real talk. <laughs> what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? Real say it. It's real. I had that. Dog. I had that that drop before. They said real talk. That's real what we do. Talk. But you know, um, at the same time, I want to encourage the ministries, the artists that are out there, rappers, singers, mine, whatever, connect with senior pastors. Yeah. You know, that's one thing. And, and right now I'm just sharing some wisdom with you. Basically, that's it. You know, I'm, we don't have the rap group anymore. We're not going out ministering places, although they keep calling me. I'm like, nah, man, we don't do that. But through our years of Brothers Incorporated yeah, rapping, man. we connected with every senior pastor that's right. of any church we were invited to. Almost to the point that I would not accept an invitation unless I could meet the senior pastor. Yeah. You know, because 
there, there's always a disconnect from the youth pastor to the senior pastor. There's always, unfortunately. Which, which it's, it's a natural disconnect because mm-hmm. naturally you trust your youth pastor to do the job, so you just leave them alone, do what you got to do. But then we never get to meet the senior pastors, and I think that relationship with the senior pastors builds your ministry. Mm-hmm. Builds, you know, I could call Mike my friend. He's a senior pastor. Pastor Mitch, every pastor you mentioned, I'm sitting here and I'm like, thank you, God. I know this guy personally. That's like, right. I could, I've had That's him right. here. I've been to their place and That's we right. hang, we talk. I know they're youth pastors. That's and right. it's not to brag or pat myself on the back, no. but that's our style. That's your and, style. You know, any... And that's a biblical model. It's not a style issue. But, uh, that's but, uh, community in but, uh, the New Testament. Yeah. But within the Christian hip hop, and, and uh, maybe not everybody, so hate mail could come my way. That's fine. Contact Unique. <laughs> yeah. Send it to him. Contact him. him. No, but what I'm saying is, it's so important. You know, I want to walk into your church, greet the youth pastor, say thank you for inviting me, and see the senior pastor say, "What up, pastor? High Ooh. five. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you you're allowing them to bring us in. You know, let's go have some coffee. Let's do." something because I know that somewhere down the line this senior pastor is going to pour something into my life that the youth pastor couldn't yeah you know I want that same whatever you're pouring into him I want that too and that also encourages us to know that we're in the right place because now I have two people checking me from this one spot that's right you know many times people come in through the unfortunately lower level leadership that's right and they can do whatever they want while out yeah he's getting in trouble not me yeah you know so we i'm just saying that because i i I think it's important especially nowadays because there's a lot of people missing you know going through the filters or not going through the filter they just you know sneaking in yeah and you need the senior pastor connection so just if you can make us a big effort to make that happen well first Thessalonians it says encourage each other just as you were doing that's what paul said and I don't know where people didn't get it. It's old, you know, it's been written for right. how many years, you know? Thousands. And I don't get it. I just don't get what people don't <laughs> see that we need to encourage each other as, as people. Yeah, do. I mean, and again, Ratfest Radio, right? So we know that people just get into this artist mentality yeah. where, you know, I'm just going to the promoter. But then you have the people I'm that done. get into the artist mentality, but then you get a pastor that gets into the super spiritual superiority complex. Yes. Oh, right. That doesn't want to connect. Yes. Right. Yeah. So then you have that problem as well, where they have the KGB guarding them and yeah. you can't reach them. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Gestapo in the building, man. Yeah. You know, so then you, so have, you have that problem too. So, True. you know, there's a bridge that has to be gapped. And this, I'm going to tell you, I just want to, can I, if I can, because you're right, and I so agree with that, and that silo mentality really is building a kingdom independent of God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And we've got to be careful with that. But I also want to uh, affirm that there's been some senior pastors that have tried and have been burnt and mm-hmm. hurt, mm-hmm. you know? And I would yes. say this, keep trying. We can never stop trying to build koinonia and community. It's right. non-negotiable. That's right. So and, I, and, I, and I understand, you know, a lot of pastors are covered and guarded kind of by their leadership to make sure that nobody says anything. Because people can hurt a senior pastor so easy. Like you said before, somebody could just walk up, man, I hated that, I hated this, I hated yeah. that. And you're like, man, Mess I you up seven years trying to fix this service and now you just told me everything I did was wrong. Exactly. That's even, what even though it's just their opinion, it's but at the same opinion. time, you know, it could bring a little bit of doubt. Even, That's right. You know, you're like, it can. You know, was it really bad? Now you start questioning. You know, so there is a a filter, you know, that has to be, but what Alice says is true, you know, you have to be accessible. That's that's your ministry. I had a conversation with a a young gentleman the other night and I was like, 
he was asking me some stuff about ministry. I said, just make yourself accessible. If you get an email, reply. If you get a call, right. pick up. That's right. You know, if you get a text, respond. That's right. You know, don't give me this. I'll get back to you in two. Oh, some people don't even say I'll get back to you in two weeks. They just sit on, sit, sit, sit. Eventually respond. When you get the response, you even forgot what the question. Yeah, was. yeah, no. It's you know, we're not that untouchable. No, we're you know? not. We shouldn't be. You know, if people had access to Jesus. You right. know, the whole thing about the woman with the issue of blood, there was, right. everybody was touching him, mm -hmm. right? They, right. They, there was pros close proximity. And I believe that's incarnational ministry. Right. And all pastors, if you call to lead in any context, you got to be among them. You got to be among mm -hmm. them. And that's dangerous because then we get the attacks, but that's the calling. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the calling. It's non-negotiable. We, we cannot pastor from a silo, from a tower. That's something else. But that's not reflected in text. So. Hey Amen. You know, I mean, we're way over our time, but I don't care. I'm sorry. It's Rap Fest Radio. We, <laughs> we do what we want. Can I kick it? Yes, yes you can. can. Oh. <laughs> Yo, uh, what, I, what I do want to um, ask you, you know, for, for closing. Did you bring the four bars? You Did you bring your four bars? You no, spit? no, I didn't bring Two anything. bars, one bar? I didn't bring. He said prolific, whatever, and all that other that's stuff. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Rap Fest, you know, I want you to give people your thoughts on what rap fest is oh from your you know from your from my mind, kind of perspective you know. i've seen rap fest grow up literally and it's been it's got to be almost 20 years um remember i remember uh you know so many emerging rappers um ministries and i believe that the prophets urban prophets the prophets to the urban center and that's how i look at the whole rap fest community authentic urban prophets. Mm. I believe it's it's the voice of the common person and that's the language that Jesus spoke when he was among the people and I believe that the church needs to embrace. This is not some independent, you know, we doing our own thing in spite of biblical, you know, preface. No, this is a move of God and has been for two decades. Mm. I go back to when you guys were blowing it up all over the place and 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 uh, uh, brother E and and I've seen so many uh, thousands of lives touched ministers I remember Richie Righteous first came to did something at our at our um, at our very first campaña de jóvenes oh my god I spoke Spanish campaña de jóvenes and he that was before he was Richie Righteous you know and I look at him today and I say man that was all rap fest seasoning cultivation that was you guys trusting him and developing him and of course the call of God in his life in other forms I look at um Cats coming out of Philadelphia, um, uh, Ambassador and all cross these guys, movement. that's great cross movement. Before they were the cross movement, they were just cross movement, you know what I mean? And, and, and they were in the South Bronx Church, you know, just, you know, working with, with us and, and through you guys. And I, I look at all these profound ministers and uh, they, they're the real deal. You know, and I think that the church needs to open its eyes and to build bridges, contextual bridges to, to, to movements such as RAPFest. Um, we have failed you in a lot of ways by not trusting you, by not acknowledging the call of God in your life, especially you, Bert, prophetically. You've done, in spite of the lack of help, in spite of the resources, right, that has come in through grace, you know, how much more had it been if, if New York City would have got behind a movement like this? In no other context have I seen 5,000 people walk in, jump up and down and scream in the south, in the poorest sections of the city, we love Jesus. Right. I have never seen that in any church. Why? Because, oh, why? Because it has a beat on it? Because they got pants and that? No, that's ridiculous. We have, we have made it about something else. And I think that if the church is waking up in this season, which I believe it is, I believe there's a great awakening coming, and I believe Rafes is going to be more than a part of it. 
I believe the rap fest in many ways is, is, is on the wall and is going to break open the wall for many to come to Christ. And I encourage every senior pastor, every church, every denomination, you ain't seen nothing really popping in the Holy Ghost until you've been to a rap fest event. Wow. And the leaders and the, four, and the, and the founding uh, community, you know, you know, I know Bert before he had all the gray hair. Before I had the gray hair, <laughs> what gray? And, <laughs> and it's been it's the camera. It's the camera. Turn that light off. That's right. And, and, and it just, it just. You, I, knew, you, I knew Mike when he was white. That's right. <laughs> before, before the bleach, <laughs> the bleach season, right? But I'm gonna tell you, even your brother Mike Boca Chico was Salem, and I gave this man. word to him in Salem. I said, you know, don't be discouraged. Man. You guys have been on the wall for de two decades, man. Three decades. Three decades. The coffee house. The coffee house, three decades. And I remember back in the day, son, when it was disciplina to be, oh, but yeah. to go, right? You uh, you, you went, oh, oh no. And I'm gonna tell you something. Thank God that you didn't fold under the traditional pressure of, of, of men. Thank God that you stood obedient. Thank yeah. God, because look, 30 years later 20 years later look 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 what's happening look what look what's happened it, it the, the the industry has grown because of this movement you know and so that's that's profound that's prolific to me and so we've got to get behind us as a church. Hey, man, by the way, Salem Coffee House this Saturday. Salem Coffee House. Mike 30, Bocartica. Going on 33 years. 33 years. 33 years. 20 years rap fast. 33 years. You know, it's hard to stand for 33 years when, you, when, it's, when, when, when it's hard to stand for 33 years when you don't have the support. And so the resilience can only come from God. Because if it's in the flesh, it'd have been dead in two weeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> two weeks, son. Definitely. And when it got through the third, fourth week. But I bless God. So I, 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 my, my, my uh, admonition is to get behind this. It's, it's just begun. Oh, trust me. I'm cutting this clip. I'm, I'm posting that everywhere. I'll let people know. No, I think, I think it's important. And it's not even for me. Like, like I say, if I don't show up to Rap Fest, big deal. The event still goes on because it's not about me. Yeah. You know, I love it. I just love it because I know that nobody else is doing it. Yeah. And we've helped encourage other ministries to do the same. Yeah. You know, we've, yeah. whether, it be, whether it be Hip Hop Fest or in Tampa, you know, in Atlanta, yeah. wherever, we want to help you guys do stuff like this. Yeah. You know, we only do it once a year. So come on, this. 11 more months to pick from. That's right. right. Just that's don't right. do it the second Saturday of August. That's <laughs> really upset. Come on, uh, that's, that's my date. God gave me that date. <laughs> that's your birthday. Huh? Next to your birthday. Yeah, it's next to my birthday. I always tell everybody, come celebrate my birthday August 10th. That's or right. the second Saturday of August. But, uh, man, we're excited. Thank you for that. I appreciate no, that a thank lot. Thank you for having me. Honored to be here. Man. We, we're just excited. This is our 20th year rap fest. Don't forget, August 10th. Yes. Uh, Collision Records. Yeah. Yaves. Well. K-drama, recently, and we're still working on, you know, confirming the rest of the artists. Yep. It's a family-friendly environment. Don't That's worry. Right. It's not a thugged-out hip-hop nope. only, you know, in-your-face thugs. That's not about that. It's about preaching the gospel. That's right. But also, as we, it, That's right. as we do it, as we do it, we're reaching a community that's in need. And, you know, let's, let's face it. Our biggest following for hip-hop is, you know, 20 to 35-year-olds. So we got to do it that way. And the kids get blessed by it, too, because yeah. most of these little kids know more of the lyrics than the older guys. Anyway, so that's the way it rolls. But uh, we're excited. That's August 10th. Don't forget to check out all the information at RapFestInc.com. Keep following us at RapFest Radio. Uh, invite your friends to RapFest as well. Don't forget. It's yeah. a free event outdoors. If you want to sponsor, you want to get a table, you have you know products you want to sell, definitely check out the sponsorship tab as well. Uh, we can definitely use your support. And don't forget about the God Belongs in My City Walk, which is August 3rd, right. the week before, where we'll pray and saturate that neighborhood uh, in just a, a blessing for, for what God is going to do the next week. 
Praise God. And that's the hood. That's the hood. That's the hood. That's the cold crush Grandmaster Flash hood. I'm so excited. I am so excited. For real. Yeah. It is. All right, yo, we got to finish this show. Otherwise, we'll be in for two hours and people are going to complain. The podcast file is too big. I can't download it. Proverbs 31 Girl, new song out, new video out. Rich Records. Rich Records. Richie Righteous featuring Rich Boy Trav and Rayon Brandt. Ratfest Radio, RatfestRadio.com. That's how we do. See you guys next week, Monday, 8 to 9 p.m. right here at RatfestRadio.com. Peace. Peace. It's like finding a diamond, man. Uh. You gonna cherish that. Oh, sure. You ain't gonna let nobody disrespect. Because that's your own. You know what I mean? I'm talking about Hey, all my life I've patiently been waiting on you One that's virtuous and is in love with the truth And now that I found you, I'm gonna cherish you boo That's why I thank God for you Why? Cause you're my Proverbs 31 girl 31 girl Proverbs 31 girl Sent me an angel yeah. Love at first sight like Jacob and Rachel My Proverbs 31 girl, that's the best way I could paint you Thank God for the parents that made you I'm captivated when she's talking Faith is what she walks in Them dudes they be stalking But she don't care what they offering That conversation dead like Talking to a coffin And shorty has her own You don't find that very often She speaks against the wrong She don't tell lies for nothing Shorty tells it like it is That kind of honesty I'm loving Yeah, it's a blessing for a man in this world When he finds a Proverbs 31 girl Why? Cause you're my Proverbs 31 girl 31 girl, Proverbs 31 girl, yeah Cause you're a Proverbs 31 girl, 31 girl, Proverbs 31 girl, yeah Cause you're a Proverbs 31 girl, 31 girl, Proverbs 31 girl, yeah Cause you're a Proverbs 31 girl, 31 girl, Proverbs 31 girl, yeah It's so crazy baby, look at what my God done did I got a virtuous woman living right in my crib She takes care of me, yes, me and my three kids Disrespect her, I'll be tempted to split your wig She is all that I need, man, I would never cheat on her I am a producer, but I would never beat on her The finest things in life, yes, I would try to bring her is worth much more than the diamonds on her finger To the Proverbs 31 girls I get so enraged when these other rappers Disrespect your SMH But you're in love with Christ And you play for his team You can't be shaking your foundation Is more than Maybelline Hey, To all my young girls The pressure is real But keep it biblical shawty Treasure his will Hey Miss Baskin Robbins Do me a favor No ring they don't get the 31 flavor Cause you're my Proverbs 31 girl 31 girl Proverbs 31 girl Yeah Cause you're my Proverbs 31 girl 31 girl Proverbs 31 girl Yeah Cause you're my Proverbs 31 girl 31 girl Proverbs
cherish you, boo That's why I thank God for you Why? Cause you're my Proverbs 31 girl 31 girl Proverbs 31 girl 